motion pictures, films, movies, cinema. It goes by many names, but what it is never changes. The moments, the memories, the feelings, all working together in a symphony of beauty, tragedy, and style, never duplicated, but often replicated. If you are interested, if you have an idea, if you yearn to know more, look no further. Welcome to The Sled. What's up, guys? We are back with another exciting episode of The Sled. I am Marciano Zapian. They know who we are. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We've been anyway, to three people. Way to leave about to dry. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I definitely watched Halloween. I loved Halloween. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he's got, like, you know, that big chainsaw and everything. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's like, man. I never want to see that coming. <laughs> And he changes shape, like, to whatever, whoever's, like, been attacked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. When he pops out of that guy's chest, I just... Yeah. Lost it. Anyway, guys, happy Halloween to you guys. Um, This was a really exciting episode to get into. Um, I don't know everybody's experience with the film, but uh, why not? Let's campfire story. Uh, who, Who were the first people to see this? Like, 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 not who were the first, what was your first experience? The audience in 78. Yeah, I no, no, they, sh- yeah, no shit. What I'm, what I'm saying is like, who in the, in this little group is their, this is their first experience with Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Not Rob Zombies. John hmm. Carpenter's. John Carpenter. Hmm. Anybody? I mean, uh, is that a pointed question? Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Like, if, I personally watched it and the experience that I had with it, it was, it was freaking awesome. Um, I got to watch it at the State Art House Theater. Modesto. Shout out to the state. Hey! hey. Shout out. No, for sure. It, uh, it was on Halloween night, which was really cool. Um, a lot of people dressed up as Michael Myers, and everybody who didn't dress up dressed up as, uh, or didn't dress up as him, dressed up as Jamie Lee Curtis. I knew a few dudes that the did, scream too. queen! You know, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So, um, yeah, what about, what, what about about you guys? What's up? Well, actually, when you put in the suggestion, I was going to wait until last minute to watch it. I started watching at the gym, and it got really good. I'm like, ah, I got to go home and watch this. So I leave the gym and go home and actually watch it. Hey. And I, I mean, I'm, it's a good movie to watch. I mean, especially if you're on the treadmill. It makes you run a lot faster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for sure. That's <laughs> true. I, who says I do a lot of running? That's no. <laughs> what about you, Titus? I mean, yeah, well, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, when, so, yeah, so this is my first time. And it was it was really cool because I, like, watched it right before it got kind of, like, dark out. So it was, like, still during the daytime. And then I, like, went out for, like, a walk. And, like, it was kind of, like, darker out. And, like, I just remember, like, the whole entire time, like, like I was, like, looking behind everything and was kind of, like, like yo like hold up like like i felt every like corner i felt like something was gonna be fucking like standing there or something hey so it just i mean it's just the power of the movie man the way the way it's made it's just like it's it gives you that it gives you that creepy feeling like you're always being watched you know it's i don't know so i really enjoyed it it was was, i mean i understand why it's a classic you know i mean yeah it's just it's iconic for sure for sure definitely about you, Mike? Uh, I watched it in Tahoe with some friends of mine at a small, like, makeshift drive-in theater, and that was pretty fun. Uh, it was on Halloween probably, shit, eight years ago, roughly, maybe. And I remember being terrified of the movie. Like, I was like, it was the first movie where I was actually like, holy shit, that's scary as fuck. 
especially with just how calm Michael is. Like he's not like like Jason doesn't look that intimidating to me. Freddie's very charismatic, but Michael Myers is just quiet. And you know, he's staring at you with those dead William Shatner eyes. And and the breathing, I think and it's the breathing, breathing and the, the the long kitchen knife is what did it for me too. Is that, it, that it's, kind of does it, you know? It's, it's just not a machete. It's not like a <clears throat> hand of claws. Not a chainsaw. It's just a kitchen knife. Like terrifying. Mm. I wouldn't go in the kitchen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, not. You know, something as deadly as uh, that's used in like butchering of people is also for carving of turkeys and whatever. Uh, Why also, did you take a lower register? Yeah, I know. Why did you, you just get took that to a whole other <laughs> When you're level. talking about no. carving people up. Because uh, I don't want to... It's an art. It's an Because I don't want to suggest. <laughs> Relax, Bundy. Like. No, no, for sure. Um, what I will say is that um, I, I'll, I'll hearken to what Titus was saying about constantly like looking over. Like the first time I saw it, um, cause the state was, I think it was the second time I watched it, but the first time I couldn't finish it cause I was about eight years old. And that was my thought was what every time I walked close to a hedge, I'm like, no. And, um, I think a lot of what that has to do with, um, I'm gonna get right into it. Go with. All right. Um, is one of the things that I liked about, uh, or really admired about this film and John Carpenter's style is, um, I think that that every director tries to take a specific jab at their own, uh, I guess, putting their own flair or their own signature on film itself, not just the movie or just or or to a genre, but to film itself. It's it's, um, I guess, it's the hallmark of a good director. You're always wanting to make some contribution or homage to film itself, and I think that his contribution was uh, forced perspective. Like, and I really enjoyed, like, that feeling of, une- or, like, dis-ease from, like, being over the shoulder of Michael Myers. And at any point, he could be, he could run, he could start walking, but he doesn't. It's just those lingering shots of just perspective. Like, you could be looking out the window, and you're, you're... Obviously, for, for narrative's sake, you're like watching Michael Myers walk up to the house. But the fact that you're in the perspective of his one of his victims, it's like, why don't you move? Like, okay, I see him. I got now. You're in the sh- in the shoes of, of the victim. You're like, I gotta move, <laughs> but they're stuck. And you know damn well that if you were in that same situation, you'd be frozen too. And I think that's what John Carpenter sells really well in this movie. And I love that. I love those lingering shots. So, I don't know. His use of cinematography was brilliant because it, like, just when Jamie Lee Curtis is walking around town, you can see shots of Michael Myers, like, driving a car around the corner in the background. Like, he's always present, which I found an absolutely brilliant use. It was like the use of um, the sea in Jaws. Like, all you see is just a car moving, but, like, he could be anywhere out there. Um, I also thought that the opening of this film was absolutely brilliant showing a bunch of grisly murders and then you kind of pull the face off of it and it's a child. That was genius to me. That was a brilliant tool in setting up this film. Like this is not going to be like any other horror film you've seen. This is not Hitchcock. This is not Ridley Scott. This is something new. This is, I think this is probably, unless you count Psycho, this is probably the first real slasher film. And it's also like like what you were saying. It, the thing that's most terrifying about Michael Myers is how understated, like intentionally, he is. Like you have uh, Freddy Krueger, who's his personality, and he has these claws that are just like that's his signature. Or you have Jason, who's comparable to Michael Myers, but just I think it's just every shot we have of Jason, it always highlights how lurching he is, like how fucking huge as this guy is and how there's nothing behind there's no personality dragging jason behind his swings it's the same thing with michael myers but the only thing that i will say is that the fact that it starts out as him as a child from the get it's a psychological void and then you start to get into how he it, how he became 
like where he got the jumpsuit. And there's a logical sequence of these things, like with the um, the mechanic being killed, one of one of his first tangible victims. He throw he casts off his uh, asylum uniform or his scrubs, and then he throws on this mechanic's outfit, and then he storms into the town's um, convenience store and he steals a Halloween mask and a knife. Like it's it's there's a logical sequence of it. And I think that the fact that it's it's just a person, it's a person, it really hinges on the psychology of it, which is why I'll make con- like comparisons with Psycho, mm-hmm. but for some reason there's something different about it, and I and I'd like to like really figure that out. What do you think, Titus? Like, like what what is it that you liked about it the like the most? Like what feel? Um. I mean, I was, uh, you know, kind of bouncing off what Michael mentioned earlier with the cinematography. I mean, um, like, and one thing that I really noticed is how many ultra-wide shots there are. You know, there's, like, tons of shots in this movie where, you know, it could simply just be, like, um, like a medium shot or a close-up. But instead, they go for, like, an ultra-wide shot where we see the whole entire street. We see the neighborhood. We see the background. And, you know, they constantly play on that, you know, and you're so you're constantly watching the background. It's like, wait, is that, you know, is he in the background? Is he there? And so, you know, it just does a great job of putting you in the character's shoes. Like you're also on the lookout for him, you know. Um, so it just, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's like one of those movies that does such, does such a great job of giving you that like looming feeling. Like that there's just a presence over the film. And, you know, Michael Myers isn't as much like a character as he is like a presence, you know, he's like an entity and he, you know, and he can't, he can't be killed really. You could fight him off and you can, you know, maybe knock him out for a moment, but he's just going to get right back up and, you know, you, you can only run for so long. So I think that that just makes him all the more terrifying, the idea that he's just like this unstoppable being that just like constantly you know keeps on coming at you and yeah i don't know it's just that unescapable feeling it just ha- it just like encapsulates the movie in it it's just creepy man it just creeps you out gives you the chills and i'll agree but like think of all the what is it like all the movies that preceded especially with rob zombies like it, he really is that he's just the entity like, he's the mask, he's that looming figure. But here's something that I noticed that I, I, wa- I recently, in my recent watching of this, I watched it with um, my girlfriend's family, and they were like, wow, like, I, I don't remember him getting unmasked. I didn't know that he was somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were taken aback. I Like, I don't, like, we can get into the Mandela effect, but what I will say is they were like, I don't remember him showing his face. And it's like... Was that a failing? Was that, or was that a putting a face to a psychological terror? Because at, at first it is a psychological terror. We open up with the kid and then we show him all grown up. But if we continue to adhere, is there something in the formula they figured out? It's like Michael Myers is scary not for his psychological void, but just because he just represents a, a psychological void. The mask is, is the entirety of the entity. What do you think? Like, well, I can't. I'm probably mixing them up. Was the first Halloween the one where he gets unmasked and he's got a tear running down his face, or is that one of the sequels later? I don't think it was in the first one. No, no, it wasn't in the first one. Because when he gets demasked in the first one, it's pretty quick. There's an unmasking later where it's his face is shadowed, but you can just see one of his eyes, and he cries. And I thought that that was an interesting addition to the character because it shows that he is not completely devoid of humanity. He feels remorse for the things he's done, but that was one of the many sequels that got retconned later. But I think that removing... I think that it was very smart to remove Michael's mask in the first one because that's who, that's who the monsters are when you take everything away. It's a person. Yeah. And the why people mask, why so many villains are masked and um, serial killers just in cinema, especially why they wear masks 
is because it's a way to dehumanize them. But if you give them human traits, it's almost harder to swallow because you're like, this is someone doing this rather than, as you said, an entity. It's easier to discount Michael Myers when he's an entity of just evil, but when you make him a person, there's a more profound realization that he's he's not just evil, he's someone he's somebody. I see. And then then on top of that, his name. Like he has a name. It, well the same thing with Freddy Krueger. But it's it's almost like he becomes like the setup of it is that he's like a nightmare that he's a dream that he's this or just he's an he's a mythological figure specter whatever just a name that people shouldn't talk about because he touched kids and the same thing with michael myers he but again is it is it an application to humanity i joe you wanted to say something yeah well i mean the fact that we started out with him as a as a kid that gives him that not only that aspect of humanity, but that separates him from Freddy Krueger because Michael Myers is not, it also sounds more human. You know, like anybody could, could guy down the street could be Michael Myers. That's that's a nice, you know, it's a very good name. But when you see what's behind it, you know, that starting out as a, as a kid, you add a little humanity to it, and then. I do like how they built up to that inescapableness. Because at first they made it, they did a good job of still keeping him human. Like he can get injured, he can slow down. And they didn't, uh, they didn't throw that inescapableness right away. It was something they built up to, to heighten your fear even more. It's like, oh, that, you need to do something more lethal and something more lethal. And even that wasn't working. Then you realize, oh, this, this is, this guy's something else. I just I'll agree but I will say that like when they took off his mask for some reason he was taken aback obviously but what I will say is as soon as he put it back on he could take all these bullets and mm -hmm. all of the attacks or brunts of the attacks that he took were with his mask on took a knife to the chest he took whatever so was she necessarily harming michael myers or was she harming the mask was she harming the face of michael myers because as, as soon as she unmasks him i think she scratches him too and he like he's like taken aback he takes a breather and then he tries to throw his mask back on he gathers himself and then he throws his mask back on so is that the source of the power i think it's psychological for himself you know, he he has this capability. He's just he was born with this capability, but he's that he's attached it to this mask. You know, this is this mask gives me the power, which in reality it doesn't. But it to him it does. It, this is this is the like what I must do when I when I wear this mask. I don't know where I'm going with your explanation. No, that's fair, because look at Rob Zombie's interpretation of the mask and what it meant. Like, has any... Am I the only person that has seen Rob Zombie's... I watched Rob Zombie's one. What about you, Titus? I haven't seen it. Like, I don't want to detract from the argument of, of John Carpenter. Like, we're th th that is somebody that is being highlighted right now. But what I will say is, like, that what you were saying, um, that follows up with Rob Zombie's interpretation as well, is that he has all these different, I think the access to person, or to not just persona, but just emotion. I think, I think that's where the dissociation comes from. It's not that he's devoid of feeling, but he's devoid of empathy. Mm -hmm. Because he tries to reflect it in, like with Rob Zombie, his... His entire room is covered with masks, and they all have a different shade. They He's all have... wearing a paper plate throughout most of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a mask before he escapes. Yeah, yeah, see, so it's it's just is that his way of revering the emotions that he's not necessarily able to access? I think it's an ability to avoid looking at himself in the mirror. Interesting, kind of like the idea where if you don't see yourself, you can't feel remorse about the things you did. You can't look yourself in the eye. 
And is that why we're scared of Michael Myers? Like on top of it all, it's just this it's this plastic face. It's not necessarily a person. It's what well, it is a person. At. That's the thing. Yeah, I think it's more that it's a person. Do you know which person? I wasn't kidding when I said William Shatner. That was supposed to be a Captain Kirk mask. Are you serious? Yeah. I've heard different legends that it's like John Carpenter nope. casted. That's William Shatner. That was his face. They had actual masks like that, but what they did was they paled it up and they changed the hair. It's supposed to be Captain Kirk. Oh, Holy shit. Wow. Interesting. Scary, right? Captain Kirk's coming to kill you with a kitchen knife. <laughs> Good thing he didn't have any lines. <laughs> and I will say this, he kept his shirt on through all of it. That's impressive. That's fair. That's fair. Kept it zipped up. Um, that's so I am going to kill you. But you were saying that it's, it's because it is a person. It is a person. I, I have to agree with that. Because that's what makes it, it, it can it can actually happen. Mm-hmm. That That's what makes it grounded in reality because you've had a serial killer, because we've had many throughout history, but you you plaster almost like a legend behind it, a slow-growing growing legend, and then have it look as, as he does. It makes it even worse. You know, it's not just the average serial killer, so to speak. It's kind of like Leatherface, like... Without his mask on, he's, well, I mean, he's still kind of terrifying. He's a cannibal chasing after you with a chainsaw. But his mask is what kind of, is what initially frightens people, right? It's made out of other people's faces. So it's kind of the same thing with Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. It's another person's face, but it's not his face. And it doesn't look human, so you're able to kind of, you're you're able to look at him as evil, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's different when you look at Manson or Gacy or Bundy or even Dahmer. Like, well, maybe not Dahmer, but the rest of them. <laughs> Why not Dahmer? Dahmer's just... Have you watched Dahmer's interviews? No, Dahmer's a little interesting. Dahmer's a little not right. Um, but, if you, like, Bundy's very charismatic. But the thing, thing was with Dahmer, if someone had told me he's a serial killer, I'd be like, yeah, fucking bet. Obviously. But if someone had looked at me and said Bundy was a serial killer, without any evidence, I probably would have been like, there's no way. There's no way. Gacy, too. There's no way. But with Michael Myers, when you see the mask, you're you're automatically like, he's like, you're identified as like, oh, you probably murdered somebody, especially if he's coming at you with a kitchen knife. But it's still a face. It's still a face, but nobody looks like that. And, and there's no, there's nothing to it. Like when you, you know, when you look at somebody and, and you kind of, you know, as you're staring at them, oh, and you smile or you look away or you have some, you have a subtle expression. This just stares at you. I'm glad you said that because that is why it is so effective. There's, it's just blank. Like it's a person's face and it has shape and it has, but even again, like, again, I don't know if this was deliberate. Obviously it must've, it must've been. But what I'm saying is, like, even the insides of the eyelids of that mask, black. Mm-hmm. There's a face devoid of emotion. It's, um, it moves around, but it's plastic. Like, there's still that buffer. There's a disconnect. That he's still a human being. He still has a name, Michael Myers. He has human hands. He responds to pain like a human. Well, I don't know. I've never taken a 38 to the shoulder before, but I'm pretty sure you can't just walk that off. But you can tell that he was shocked. It's the same thing when he gets stabbed in the eye. He doesn't just not, or he flinches and then comes back like Terminator. It it really is just, there's a moment of genuine, like, he has to, pain. pain. And is that a reminder of the human? But all, but all I'm saying is just, it's it's just, or was he it's still a person and that's the thing that's worrisome about him. Was he playing possum? Because when you see pain, you automatically assume something's human and you draw, and you go closer to it. That's just another way he could have pulled his victims in. I think it was more True. the other way, though, because he really was going after him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a goal. He didn't really seem like the type to play with the victim, so mm-hmm. to speak. I think it was more of his, I want to say, inhuman nature or, or, or superhuman mm-hmm. nature. Superhuman nature. Yeah, that, they've, that they alluded to, at least near the end. That, that that's what was unique about this this crazy person 
was that they had the one person that was blessed with these gifts happens to be uh, a serial killer. You know, you kind of get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think one of the scarier things about Michael Myers is well, first I want to talk about this absolutely brilliant setup in the movie where he stabs through a guy into a door and lets him hang on the knife. <laughs> that was awesome. I, yeah, I clapped at that point. I was like, that was fucking cool. <laughs> but I think what's more scary about Michael is the inherent belief that he's evil. I think what's scarier is that he's curious. Yeah. Like he, yeah. every time he kills somebody, he like just ever so slightly cocks his head to the side, which is literally the universal signal for that's interesting he does it every time he kills somebody so it's almost like he's not evil it's almost like he's curious what's going to happen what happens if i do this like what's their reaction going to be even scoping out the victim that's that's Mm -hmm. his he's curious Mm -hmm. what's their life what do they do what are they you know who are their friends you know scary Yeah. Oh, I like the kill even more, the one when he's wearing the sheet over his head, and he's the ghost, and he's got the glasses on. Like, I just love, I just love when she's, like, asking him questions, and it's just, like, dead silence, and she's just like, okay, all right, and <laughs> he's just standing there. Like, it's just, like, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty awesome setup, too. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but, I mean, of course, this, this movie is also a little cheesy at points, but that, I did I did really like that whole entire setup, just seeing, like, the door open, and you just see the sheet covering covering him. Because I, I also think that's him, like, like almost, like, toying with her, like, playing with her, like, oh, like, what's she going to, like, react, like, if I showed up like this, you know? So, I don't know. I Yeah. There's, I do agree that there, there's clearly something there because he, he likes to like toy with people and kind of like mess with them. So there's, there's something more to him as far as like some kind of like, I don't know. You think it's the toy or the, the um, curious? Hmm. I mean, maybe a little bit of both, I guess. Like he's like, I don't know, trying to toy with them to figure out like what their reactions would be, I guess. Um, I don't know. That also could be an attempt to hang on to his childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. children are curious. Children like to dress up on Halloween. Yeah. So. You know, that's, that is true. In the beginning, he was dressed up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's Halloween. He's dressed up. Mm-hmm. And he's just as curious. Well, that and think about... Ooh, I'm about to make make references. Um, we're talking about we're talking about serial killers and whatever. I started watching Mindhunter. That's such a good show. You know? <laughs> and and I've started to make friends with Ed Kemper. Um, what? <laughs> what? No, it's it's his insights are interesting for sure. And what I will say is, it's like if it is, you could call it curiosity, but like what he how he referred to murder as like a vocation. Mm. Like, cause, uh, the response, the, 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 the feedback question was, do you enjoy killing? Like, he goes, no, he's like, not wholly yet. Like, yes and no. He goes, but it's, it's not a hobby. It's a vocation. He's not an obsession, a vocation. Like it's, it's, it's just different ways of experiencing something that is outside of the human i guess desire mm-hmm. wait till you meet manson oh yeah but what i what i will say is just like i y'all could say curiosity for me it's like huh that was an interesting kill like mm-hmm. <laughs> funny he's what is it what is it uh <laughs> he, he he ended up funny yeah like just after he falls you have a problem. No, she he, felt funny. Yeah. No, for sure. What I will say is, it's just, it's a vocation. Because again, if you continue that shot, that follow-up shot of him tilting his head, maybe he only does it at the ones that are artful. Maybe, yeah. Pinning a guy to a door. 
Now yeah. that's class. That's I like that. <laughs> I, I get, you know, I'd hang that up in my place. That looks right. it's like hanging up a nice poetry. Exactly. Hey man, you can make you, you can argue with me, but what, what I will say is that same headcock end of Inglorious Bastards. Oh, getting pretty good at that. Huh. Watch the movie if you haven't oh, seen it. Admiration or curiosity? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny that we brought up Psycho because it, it completely escaped me for some reason. Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, is the woman in Psycho who gets killed. Yep. Oh, and it, shit. It, just, it completely escaped me that I was like, oh, wait a minute. What? The, the generational heredity of uh, Scream Queen? Screaming? <laughs> of Scream Queen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That escaped you? Well, it, it also escaped me that Michael, the way he holds a knife, is like Norman Bates. Oh, he doesn't okay. hold it upright. He holds it like this. It's, you know, there you can make parallels to Psycho with Halloween. And maybe that's why she was cast. Maybe it was on purpose. I mean, maybe. couldn't have been any more of a far stretch as like being able to control the music as well. I mean, that's one of the more, that's one of the more major selling points of this as well. Like that is an, an iconic little riff i i what i will say is on top of that just the way that it played the timbre that it played i mean we see it constantly uh the fault is it the follow-up no the predecessor I, I can't remember what came first jaws or or halloween halloween came first then like everybody that comes forward like how can i take a riff and mm -hmm apply it situationally like what how can i make this the encounter and john carpenter does a really good job of that and having control of, over these the score good on him mm -hmm. jaws came out first no when did jaws came out come 1975 out? halloween came out in 1978 75 really yep. i could have sworn jaws was an 80s film no it came out 75 hey, crazy hey. i stand corrected no one would have known, but I stand corrected. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm sorry. I had to do it. Australia might have known. Australia would have known. And, he, and we would have lost the listener. So <laughs> keep on, keep exactly. on, Australia. <laughs> Damn. No, but I mean, yeah, the, the Halloween score is definitely, of course, one of the most iconic film scores. And it's weirdly... It weirdly plays into that inescapable feeling that is persistent throughout the movie. Like, I don't know. It's just like the way that it goes back in on itself with the same like loop of like, the, you know, like just that same loop um, is just there's just something about it that like it gets stuck in your head and it like you just and I don't know. It, it just fits so perfectly with the movie. And I think that, it, it, you know, it has that creepiness and um, and it, especially as really well used at the beginning of the film when there's just that pumpkin sitting in just pitch black darkness and the camera just like slowly zooms in on it. It's like, that's just such a perfect like opening uh, little shot there. I, I love that scene. John Carpenter did a much, opening credit. He did a much better job of his use of pumpkins in his film than Rob Zombie did with his. You can't count how many pumpkins are in that film. Rob Zombie's Halloween. The use of pumpkins is like explosion. There's pumpkins everywhere. I don't know why that stuck out to me, yeah. but that bothered me so much when I watched the movie. Like, there are 40 pumpkins. That's, that like, that's an interesting thing to put. <laughs> like, on Rob so, Zombies? And Rob Zombies, there's like 40 pumpkins on the porch. There's pumpkin drawings all over the house. I'm like, I get it. He likes pumpkins. <laughs> because like, Rob Zombie doesn't deal in, me in in middle mediums. He'll just, if he wants gore, he wants gore. If he, if he wants... Yeah, but say he wants somebody's head split open. He's going to get it split open, dripping, and you get the sound of it. But what I will say is like, if, right. if pumpkins is the theme, John Carpenter's Halloween. Then we're gonna put a fuckload of pumpkin in it. Maybe that's why it kills people. Why? That's what you carve a pumpkin with a kitchen knife. <laughs> Did you just make this realization right now? The the look you gave me, you were like hit, hit with the lightning bolt from God or something. You're just like, that's why he does this it, bro. Is it. Listen to it me. Could be. He was like, 
I don't know why that never occurred to me. He is carving a pumpkin the first time we see him, and he's using a fucking kitchen knife to do it. Mm-hmm. But then, well, yeah. But wouldn't he take their heads? No. Or are you just saying like carving a person? Yeah. Oh. He just car- he found something else to carve. Whoa. <laughs> it's very primal. Very primal for sure. No, but um, interesting though. Did you see the one that came out last year, the Halloween? Where where Jamie Lee Curtis finishes it, she puts an end to... Oh, she didn't. Halloween Kills comes out next year. Oh, October 31st. God. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. But I think it's interesting how many sequels this spawned, because it went... 20. They had 20 years of sequels, and then they had another 20 years of remakes... But I think it's interesting what they did. I think nothing compares to the first one. All the rest of them are kind of by the wayside. They kind of follow the same formula, which is fine. It's a formulaic film, but that's what made the first one so special. Is that it's not formula. It's different. Because it's the first one! It has to set the tone! Yeah, but like you don't need to do the same thing in every film with Halloween. You could make a horror film better by not relying on formula. You could advance characters. You could advance plot. No, that's fair. Like Scream did. He recovered. No, I w- so many times he recovered. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he gets impaled in one of them and like he walks it off like it's nothing. The Terminator is afraid of this guy. <laughs> don't do nothing to him. No, for sure. I, I don't know. That's that's interesting. And on top of that, that raises another point that maybe we can get into a little later. Later, why? If there is a possible formula, why is it our ultimate inclination to just chase it to like the twentieth degree, the fortieth degree? Money. No. Yeah, yeah. let's say money. No, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, how do you call? Like, how do you legitimize yourself? Say, like Dennis Villeneuve did did a fucking Halloween movie. Like, how do you expect to recover? Well, think about it. Every director really has formula. The story just changes. That's the difference between regular horror movies and other movies. Directors have formula. They know what works for them. They have the same style of shooting, similar writing styles. They tend to pull from the same actor pool. The only difference is horror movies basically just add a number to the end of whatever movie they just did, and it's basically a rehash of the first one. There's nothing incredibly special about it. There's nothing that changes. The story doesn't change. It's the same. That's the difference. Am I the only one that thinks that, like, directors, contemporary directors, like, are following, are trying to achieve some end objective, some end narrative, like, and will persist in their use of specific actors because it's it's less decision-making on our part that we have to make. Like, we're not seeing new actors. We're seeing somebody who usually plays that role in these films, or maybe he's playing an opposite role, but he's a familiar face, so that's one less neurological decision. So... Ultimately, it's leading to the ultimatum of whatever objective, mm-hmm. like Inaritu, with um, just constant references to the like the length of a man's life, or getting into the nitty gritty of the human condition with Kubrick. It's the same thing here. Like what, John? What have you seen any any other John Carpenter films? I've seen Halloween and The Thing, and I did. He did. Little uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I think, right? Yeah, he did. That was him. He, um, he he's done a couple movies with Kurt, a couple movies with Kurt Russell. Did he do Escape from New York? I think yes, he did. Yes, yeah? he did. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen four. Okay, but why? It's interesting. Why the thing? Well, just with Kurt Russell on top of it all. Because Kurt Russell's Kurt. awesome. That's no, why. well, yeah, no shit. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say it was Kurt Russell, but I got him confused with uh, Roddy Piper uh, with uh, "They Live." But again, it's just why nothing. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> no, um, is there an ultimate objective? Like, is there something that's deceptive about psyche? That he wanted to keep keep on. Is there something about society in relation to the psyche? That is that like, and again, it goes into different territories. Um, His overall theme is don't trust anybody. 
I think that's everybody's theme at this point. Well, at this point, yeah, but 40 years ago, no. Is he is he in line with the contemporary directors though? Because he was one of he was a he was a hardcore guerrilla filmmaker a lot of the time in his late in his later years. Like he he made his own scores. Um, he did a lot of the special effects. He's credited with a lot of the special effects of the film. Um, he did a lot of editing. Like he was just a, a well-rounded auteur. So, I mean, does that place him in the contemporary category, just ahead of his time? I think when you have that much of a passion for something like that, and you go that far, as far as like you work that hard, that's going to separate you from the people of your time, no matter what. Because, you know, most people don't want to put in that edit that or add that other special effect. It's going to add more work on that, on them, and, and you know, they just kind of, they don't want that um, beautiful art at the end of it as much as uh, others. That's fair. That's fair. No, I, all in all, I really, I really enjoy um, just his engagement in all of his films. I mean, mm. Like, again, we can talk about the sound score, we can talk about, but I, honestly, just as, like, on a biographical level, he was he was a very involved, very invested filmmaker. Um, have you seen any of, the other, any of the other movies? The Thing, Big Trouble, Little China? Mm. I think I've seen Big Trouble in Little China, but I actually haven't ever seen The Thing before. I've seen, like, parts of it, but... I've seen it. Damn, the thing was good. <laughs> that thing is was that the good. thing where like is that the one where like like he it, like bursts out of people's bodies and stuff? No, that's it's called Alien. alien. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, there's another one where like the, like it inhabits people's bodies and like it's uh, it takes the shape of people. Yeah. In that way, like it, that one was scarier because like they had no idea who the alien was in it. And they, right. You, yeah. you, you technically still don't at the end of the movie. No. Um, well, it's the same thing with, like, when we talk about body inhabitants, like, it's the same thing with um, They Live. Like, you can, you can, well, like, think about it. They're in, they're inhabiting, they're hosting a planet now. Mm -hmm. They're hosting a planet. Um, have you seen They Live? Uh, you love that movie. That movie's fantastic, even though he made it on purpose because he wanted people to hate it. Are you serious? He wanted people to hate it. Like I rem like they were talking about him on set, and he. This is a quote. He they said audiences are gonna hate this, and he went, "I know," and walked away. I know. <laughs> Put on the glasses. <laughs> No, you gotta watch it. It's a really good one. You, if you like uh, Shepherd Fairy or any of the Obey work, it, it, it played. Oh, you know, I do kind of, I, I, I do kind of remember this. I actually remember this. I know, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I, I remember like seeing like parts of it. Mm. What's it called? They live. They live. Yeah, live. Watch it. Yeah. No, 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 a lot of political commentary in that one. So yeah. it's it's perfect that I bring it up. Jesus. <laughs> no. So all in all, um, we can we can pay homage to his filmography, but I, I will say just um, huge, huge, huge um, involved in auteur filmmaker. Um, I don't know. Man. Well, I mean, and I mean, Halloween was made for like. No budget at all. I mean, it was made for like pennies on the dollar. Like they didn't really have a budget for this movie, and I think, funnily enough, it actually works in the movie's favor. I don't know why, but there's something about horror movies that have like a low quality feel to them that make them all the scarier. You know, uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That one also didn't really have a crazy budget. People but that, that one I would say is pretty scary. Hmm? 
People thought Texas Chainsaw was a documentary when they first watched it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it it's because so the budget they were like, thing. "Oh shit! Hope those documents. Yeah. <laughs> hope they're okay." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just because that low, like that low quality feel. And I mean, but the thing is, is like with that low quality feel, it can be done really well, like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or, you know, you can do Blair Witch Project, which fucking sucks. And, you know, sure, it's low quality, but I mean, it's not that scary. That movie's boring as hell. Beg your pardon? How dare you? <laughs> Blasphemy! <laughs> no, no I, I will agree. I like, that's the thing. It's like, I really want to start going, like, being, well, look, look where the fuck we're at. Um, but I, I will say that, um, I think that that's one of the things that I regret most is not going to more low budget, uh, mm-hmm. like horror film fests. There, there are some gems in there. No, yeah, I, there's a lot of B-rated stuff, but if but that's the thing. It's like that low budget uh, appeal that you're talking about is just is sheer director ability. Like, oh, if, yeah. if you do really well at sp- specific choices. And operating within your wheelhouse, you don't sh- you don't have to show any gore, you don't have to do anything, mm. but it's just how you approach it. Or you can just completely saturate it in gore, shoot it on a VHS player, and uh, you make VHS. You know, make what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good 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 answer. Or paranormal activity. You know? Oh God, that was a great movie. Yeah, those oh, movies are pretty overrated. <laughs> No, so so what I'm saying is that it, I, I'll I'll concur with that. Is just that low budget appeal is what sells it if you do it right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I, I fully agree that it's like it's all down to the director at that point. You know, like if if the director knows what they're doing, it'll really shine through. Um, because the thing is, the director doesn't have anything to like fall back on. You know, they don't have like super crazy special effects or something like that or hd quality you know they just have to rely on their own skill as a filmmaker and uh john carpenter you know does a beautiful job at using that low quality aesthetic to his own advantage um um yeah no i I fully agree with that all in all that's a damn good movie and a Mm. perfect pick especially for halloween Hey, so, I'm glad. I just didn't like watching a dog die. That fucked me up. Yeah, that was yeah. a little sad. My girlfriend. I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" My girlfriend turns around on those parts too. She's like, "Oh, he's not gonna. Oh, he fucking went there. Oh yeah. no, he killed an animal. I gotta watch. I gotta stop." You know, fuck all the women, children, and other people he killed. But as soon as he killed that dog, I'm like, "Well, now I gotta root for the other people." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, bro. I was like, hey, it's all good, man. But once you kill the dog, nah, that, that ain't cool, dude. Shit. Well, did anybody have any film news or any final thoughts on the movie? I, I will forever look around hedge corners. Nah. I'm <laughs> me too. I want William Shatner to attack me with a kitchen knife. I don't know. That's really kinky. I mean, <laughs> don't kink shame. No, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, Oddly specific too. I don't know if it's a good sign, but after I watched the movie, I felt like dressing up like him and scaring the crap out of people at work. Thank God you said scaring. I'm like, you wanted to dress up in him and do what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is coming in back huh? to your kinky stuff. I mean, don't kink shame. All right? Gets arrested. Who do you credit for this John Carpenter inspirational? <laughs> <laughs> what an inspirational man! <laughs> what a guy! Oh. No, but um, that's that's my only remark. It just scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it. I, I had to wait another freaking how many years? I think it was like I had to wait another twelve years to go see it again. Goodness, no. So, um, any film news, gents? Besides the uh, the unfortunate passing of Sir Sean Connery. Sean Connery. An icon. An absolute icon. I have found myself shaken but not stirred by the news. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Titus is over here just shaking his head. Wow. 
Wow, sir. <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram post, and I was wondering, like, yo, is this fool about to bring that up real quick? <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're going to discredit him like that? Oh, I didn't discredit him. It, it shook me, but I was like, I'm not going to be stirred by this. He was 90. He Let was happy. go! <laughs> <laughs> he was happy in the last 20 years. He retired. He was playing golf in the Bahamas. It's not a bad way to go. Mm. Yeah. He passed away yeah. in his sleep peacefully. <laughs> like he didn't overdose or die in a drunk driving accident or kill himself like Hemingway, all three. I was going to say, it beats, beats the end of a double barrel of you, for sure. Ouchies. But he will, <laughs> he will be missed. He was an incredible yeah. icon. Uh, amazing films. First James Bond, uh, Bridge Too Far, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, The Rock, The Untouchables. Highlander, even Dragonheart, if you if you can Dragonheart, yep. <laughs> if you compare these things, one of the most iconic voices in Hollywood. Hmm. You will be missed. You will be missed. All right. Well, anything else? Any other film news? Film news. Um. Oh, gotta give a shout out to a local resident who made it very far, Timothy Oliphant. He was in the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian. As really? He, he was cop tie, the marshal. Oh, but he was, oh, shit. He was wearing Boba Fett's armor. So everyone was like, is he playing Boba? He's not, but there's Easter eggs in that. Got to credit it, though. I think that it's awesome that a boy from Modesto made it that far. He's a grown man now. But <laughs> he made it from Modesto to there to do a project that someone from Modesto created all those years ago. Whoa! Parallels! So, I know, right? Yeah. No, good, good on him. Good on him. He's a, he's a really decent actress. Or actor, sorry. <laughs> he's a fantastic um, actor. Fastest hand in the West. He has played a quick draw in Deadwood, Justified, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Mandalorian. The list goes on. Mm. Like he's apparently he can pull a gun really fast, so and he can dust himself off of Santa Clarita diet. Good on him for that one. Well, I wasn't gonna bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all gotta win some. We all gotta lose some. We all gotta leave Modesto, and then we gotta come back. <laughs> Not unless you're George Lucas or Tim- Timothy Oliphant or Jeremy Renner, though. You just never come back. Oh no, Oliphant came back. His mom was actually at the gallo a while back. I got to meet mm-hmm. her. Well, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, no, actually, Timothy Oliphant, he seems like he, he's he's actually pretty nice towards Modesto. Like, he, I watched, like, an interview with him on Conan, and he talks about Modesto pretty fondly, actually. Mm-hmm. He went to buy her. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, it was really trippy on the and like during the interview here hearing him like talk about McHenry and Bricksmore and stuff. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he I hearing him talk about those streets was like, damn, that's like I've driven up down that street so many fucking times. Especially Weird. the golf course out in uh, out on Yosemite, where he's talking about like stealing golf carts out there. I was like, I've been out there. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. I know that place. So right, yeah. he made it to the Mandalorian, which. If you haven't watched it, catch up. That is a fantastic show. Mm. Um, Mankiewicz, or Mank, comes out, I want to say, November 4th. It's got wide release on Netflix, I believe, after a small run in theaters. So either November 4th is when it gets released in theaters, but at some point this month you'll be able to watch David Fincher's new film about the making of Citizen Kane. That's going to be exciting. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Um, I don't know. Principal mm-hmm. photography on the Batman was stalled yet again. So yeah. We're never going to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, saw, I saw Tom Holland posted a picture of him on the Uncharted set. And he looked good as Nathan Drake, man. I, I could see it. He yes, looked good. He does. But if they if they keep Marky Mark as Sully, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. They they need to change that real quick. He showed a picture of his mustache. You know there could be so many other. Wow. You know who who I had in mind? J.K. Simmons. Brian Cranston. 
Or Brian Cranston. That's fair. That's fair. We can. Let I think Brian Cranston would have been the best fit personally. If Tom Selleck was a little younger. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Magnum GI Tom Selleck, even a little bit later, would have been perfect. But so many great yeah. things. Uh, actually, on today, uh, Mark's um, when Orson Welles scared everybody with War of the Worlds was broadcast, and the police kicked oh, in the door because they thought that people were actually attacking, or aliens were actually attacking the planet. He was so convincing. Mm. Well, did you then? Did you know that there was like multiple times that happened? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it happened in Brazil too, I think, and one other time in another country too. And like one time, they like burned down the whole entire fucking radio station building and killed everybody inside because they were oh, so pissed. Dear. Pretty crazy. Wow, well, I don't think they did that. <laughs> no, that's it. That, well, that yeah, happens. No, like, no, no, I'm not saying the American one. I was like, "Wow, that's that's quite a response." <laughs> no, no, no. It was a, it was a different people. one. I think it was one that happened in like uh, I don't think it was Brazil, but it was uh, like another country. I believe, like maybe, or it might have been in like South Africa or South America. But that's a real interesting response to ever to have to a radio station that lies to you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and drink your cognac. I, I, I'm, I'm getting a, a head shaking and a, and a don't do it. Don't, God damn it, don't do it. No. We're talking about Halloween. How did we get here? I don't know, man. Baudrillard. There you go. Oh, that's geez. how. Okay, anyway. Anyway. Um, I think that's all we got for film news. I don't really know if anything else is going on. It's kind of stalled right now, so... Right. Yeah, I feel like tomorrow, there's just, like, nothing going on tomorrow. Tomorrow's just, like, such a blank day. It's just, like, yeah. tomorrow's just nothing, you know? (laughs) 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 The bleakness of the world has set in, and we are beset on all sides. Or we're driven mad by it. Listen to how how we all laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing. I'm crying. Um... Oh, um, um, so I don't know. Just vote for shit. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't, I mean, I don't know if it's too late or not, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is vote. at this point. But. It's not too late to vote until literally the polls close. Exactly. So okay, and, if you haven't voted, get your voting. Yeah, and talking to you, Australia. Let's <laughs> help us Australia, out. Australia, get your votes in. Come on. Help us out, please. We'll send it to you, you send it back. <laughs> Right, we know you're a lot smarter than us, so please, come on, help yeah, us out here. Pretty please. We would like to thank all our viewers. We would like to take the time, because you guys are fantastic. Uh, everyone in Texas, everyone in Canada, California, Australia, um, we're getting view- more and more viewers every day, and it's because of you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, tell your friends. Tell your friends, definitely. Definitely tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Tell people you hate. Just <laughs> everybody. Hey, 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 hey. Listen, listen to my mixtape real quick. And listen to this lead on top of it all. Yeah, so pa- pass this around and uh, watch film. Do film. Make film. Love film. 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe we should put out merch like that. Maybe, like, make it off. Like, you can offer it up to... Etsy and Aust- that'll reach Australia and get them a t-shirt. Shoot, I will uh, make film, love film, film, film. <laughs> Just film. <laughs> Just film. But for the we, I, I do want to talk about what we're going to talk about for our finale episode because it has come to that point. Woo-hoo. We are 19 episodes in. We're about to do 20. So this is this is a good mark. It's a good mark. Yeah. So um, I, I do think it's fitting we talk about Sean Connery and his contribution to this industry that we so covet and appreciate. That's fair. Because, yeah, he was quite a titan in the arena. All right. So. Let's, let's remark him. How are we going to remark him? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's going to be the whole time episode. Great. Awesome. We're just going to talk, we're just going to talk about Sean Connery. It's that's not it. an act of patriotcy. It's an act of lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so 
Are we talking about the sequel now? Or, or I'm sorry, the season finale. Season finale. Season finale, we will talk about Sean Connery. Oh. Okay. Yeah. What What movies do you want us to watch? Pick one. Pick one, and we will all we talk We need about to be it. a little bit more, like... Do we? Audiovisual <laughs> for our audience. All right. Which ones are we talking about? We got to talk about Highlander. We got <laughs> we got to talk hey, about the Untouchables. Don't miss too many. Uh, Indiana Jones, and then pick any one of his James Bond films. That's fair. So, thank you to all our viewers, listeners, people. Um, this has been another episode of the Sled. Happy Halloween to everybody. Stay safe, everyone. Don't die. Avoid dying at all costs, because death is very final, whereas life is full of possibility. Avoid hedges. Avoid hedges. Avoid William Shatner. Avoid kitchen knives. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid John Carpenter's Halloween, though. Fantastic film. Ooh, but I'm... No, I was being serious. <laughs> I, no, I was just trying to say that's a good, that's a good tie. Thank you. Good segue. All right, Marcy. It's you. It was your pick, so let, let's end it with a quote. What are we doing? Pertaining to the film. <laughs> I'm. So- Scared. I am too. <laughs> Put the knife down. No, no, wait. Let's see. Oh yeah. The boogeyman is real. Yes, he is. It's probably off quote, but you know, it's not political. And the other quote, the other option was a direct quote from uh, Michael Myers. Ah. Uh.